Welcome to the Italian Legal Whisperer podcast, hosted by attorney Michele Capecchi. This podcast is a new endeavor created by the international yet Italian law firm Capecchi Legal, specializing in global mobility, real estate, Italian citizenship, and helping people move their life, business, and family to Italy. And here's our host, the Italian legal whisperer, Michele Capecchi. Hello, buongiorno everyone. This is Michele Capecchi and welcome again to the Italian Liga Whisperer podcast. Here with me is Monica Sharp. Buongiorno. How are you today? Great to be here, Michele. I'm bene. Thank you. So we have a lot to talk about also today. We certainly do. Up to this point within the podcast, we have covered some ways to stay in Italy. We covered the tourist visa status. We talked a lot about student visas in the last episode. And today, we are going to talk about another channel by which people can remain in Italy for longer than 90 days if they qualify for a very special type of visa that Italy offers called the elective residency visa. It's actually a very interesting visa scheme that we are using very often for our clients. The elective residency visa is intended for foreigners who wish to reside in Italy without working or without pursuing any type of work activity. So basically, in order to stay in Italy, you need to rely on your so-called passive income, which means money, fresh money, that arrives into your bank account under the form of annuities, pension, bonds, royalties, and so forth. But for instance, investments per se, or the fact that you have a lot of money inside your bank account is not taken into consideration as a valid form of income. And I think it's very interesting what you were saying when we were chatting before we started the podcast recording. Michele, this visa historically was conceived of by the Italian government as a retirement visa, that people who were no longer working because they were permanently done working wanted to come to Italy to enjoy the dolce vita. So mm -hmm. that's the concept of it. You're not working. That's the concept. And in fact, sometimes it's also interesting enough that when some of my clients that can show that they have passive income, we have a very young client who received three apartments as inheritance, and she's relying on these three apartments now as a main form of income. So she has rents that arrive in her bank account with paid rent every month, and now she has more than three years of history of these payments that I would like to come to explore Italy. I want to take a sabbatical year after a lot of things happening in my life. I can support myself through my rents. At the Italian consulate, they told me that I am too young. Huh. And that was my reaction. I was like, huh. What? Because it was a very strange answer because probably someone still think that the elective residency visa was created for like people showing a pension. And my answer was obviously we, we worked around the problem with her. We prepared a letter explaining to the consulate the details of this application. And we were able to make a good point with the consulate. We're waiting for the answer from the consulate. But the point is, the elective residency visa nowadays is not anymore seen as only for people retiring in Italy. In fact, there are younger, younger generations that can afford to stay in Italy thanks to different kind of investment that they have set up throughout their life, including, for instance, the fact that you, if you own a company, so If you own a company that belongs to you where you're the shareholder and you're receiving periodically not a stipend, not a salary, but a form of payment of a profit generated by the company, if we are able to show that this payment is consistent, is regular, we can try to qualify yourself for the elective residency visa. So you don't need to be old 
no more. But it's very important that you respect the reasoning behind this visa that is for people that are not intending to work. Working is not permitted under this visa. Not even remote workers, not even online workers. This is a work is a visa where you are expected to come and enjoy the money that arrives in your bank account periodically. And while you're receiving this money, of course, you can enjoy your life and do things. You can write a book. You can read a book. You can live in the house you bought. Live in the house that finally you bought. And you can do a lot of things, but not working. This is very important an element of this kind of visa. Like for every long-term visa, this is a visa that needs to be requested using the Italian consulate of your home country. So we need to determine what is the consulate that has jurisdiction over your case. You need to set up an appointment with the consulate. We suggest now the Italian consulates, especially in the United States, they use a portal where you have to put in your information, your passport number, your cell phone number, where they can reach out, your email. So you have to create your credentials. And you then have to scroll down until you find elective residency visa type of visa or other type of visa if it's not in the first page of a visa's application. And you need to consider that the appointments nowadays are given, like you need to wait a few months or at least a month to get your appointment with the Italian consulate. For, so it's very important to plan in advance. For instance, if you're planning to come to Italy, that is not possible for you to come right away. The process of reviewing the documentation with the Italian authorities can absolutely take months. Absolutely. And you know, Michele, one thing that I think is so interesting about this category of visa are the clients that we see in the office. People who think they may qualify for the visa, but they don't because they don't have passive income. They have stocks or they have massive amounts of savings, but those don't qualify under the Italian law. Or like you mentioned, the other client who was very young, who qualified financially. The age is not a requirement of the visa, but the consular official kind of had his mind still stuck in a different time where that was assumed. Correct. And in fact, that's the reason why we, we try to prepare our clients during and through several sessions. We help them get ready and we review in a very thorough way every single document because they have to provide their latest tax return where they have to show the bank accounts and showing in the bank accounts the specific items of the money that every month hit the bank account showing that there is fresh cash getting to the bank account so that you can connect all the dots. You show that you have a passive income. You have to show the source of your passive income. Is the source of your passive income is rents. We need to show the ownership deed of the property. We need to show that there is a rental agreement already in place. So future rental agreements, for instance, are not taken into consideration. The apartment must be rented at the time that you are applying for your visa. We need to show that the tenant is actually paying regularly the rent and that the money arrives into your bank account. If you're relying on pension, we need to show that you have a pension agreement, something with, I think, with the social security, that declaration that shows that you are into the system and that they pay you X amount of dollars every month. So we need to bring actual evidence. It's not something you can simply show again in your bank account. There is a long list of documentation that we help them reviewing to be sure that at the time of the application at the consulate, the client is able to handle the interview with Italian authorities. People who work in the Italian consulates are lovely people. They're very nice people. And of course, they do an incredible, incredible, overwhelming at time job. But obviously, if you get there and you're not prepared, you don't know what to tell them. 
if you have no clear idea of a kind of visa that you're applying for, the consequence can be also unpredictable. So that's the reason why it's so important on our side to prepare you. We have mock interview with our clients. We teach them what to say, how to say things, how to explain the purpose of their trip, the fact that they are not trying to get around the tourist status, but they're intending to remain in Italy for at least one year, if no more than that. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. About how much annually are people expected to show, Michele? What's the floor on elective residency on the income? Very, very good question, because the law is very blurry in this respect. The law says sufficient resources to live in Italy financially without working to support yourself and to support the remaining part of a family who is coming with you. Generally speaking, according to some, let's say, guidance provided by some Italian consulates, we are around 3,000, 3,500 euros per month per person for the first person. For the extra members of a family, is at plus 20% in the amount. So let's say we suggest to be around 3,500 euros per month for the first person and around 5,000 more or less for two person. 7,500 for three person and so on. Mm-hmm. So this is more or less the amount of money that is. But again, it's not a fixed amount of money. Is a minimum amount of money. Again, the law says to support yourself and live an easy life in Italy without working. So, Michele, I think that it's a great time to touch on a topic that comes up again and again with our clients and questions from the public. Italian residency. The residenza. I think it's very important to clarify especially when we talk about elective residency visa, elective residency visa, it has inside the word residency. So automatically you think that when you apply for an elective residency visa, you're applying to become a residente. The concept of residency versus residenza, residence in Italian is your permanent domicile. So the place where you are strictly connected, where you spend the majority of your time, either because you're working or because you have your family there. So when we talk about elective residency visa, we are talking about something that is related to a specific type of visa that allows you to enter in Italy. And then after having obtained a permesso di soggiorno, then you are, let's say, legal from immigration point of view. But doesn't mean that you are a permanent resident in the city where you have done all this process. The residence, the permanent domicile is something you can obtain after having completed the process of a permesso di soggiorno by informing the comune, the municipality, that you live there. So the residenza is a following step after having obtained your permesso di soggiorno for elective residency to comply with the rules of the municipality, of the city where you want to live. So elective residency deals with immigration, residenza deals with the municipality where you live. Right, and that's a great point, Michele, and I just want to add to that. That residence is also something that Italians routinely register for. You're required to register your residence for the purpose of voting in Italy if you're an Italian citizen or especially for the universal health care. So residence in Italy is very tied to some legal concepts, not just for tourists or non-Italians, but for everybody in Italy. There is, when, when we talk about the residence, we talk about, again, registering yourself with the municipality and letting them know that you live in the city. Every single person, in it, every Italian who is living in Italy has a residenza, which is the legal domicile where all the communications, starting from a fine, starting from an information from the IRS, an information about your life, will be notified to the address where in the public registries you appear to be a resident. 
a lot of people ask me, so if I'm already legal in Italy, why do I need to have a residence? What does the residence at permanent domicile? That's a great question. Why do they need that? Exactly. The thing is that as long as you're complying with immigration rules, you are just legal on the territory, but you are not have the possibility to have access to all those services that are strictly related to your presence in a given municipality. So if you want to register yourself with a healthcare system, so if you want to be, become part of the public healthcare system with all the benefits, countless benefits you can have for yourself, for your children, for your family, you need to have a residenza because the healthcare is related to the area of Italy, of a city where you're living. If you want to get, and you know very well, a driving license, la patente driving license can be given only to someone who is already holding an Italian ID. An Italian ID can be given to you only if you're a resident. If you want to open a bank account, a lot of banks, depending on where you are around Italy, is not always the case. So we true. have a lot of clients that can, we are helping them to open a bank account even if they're not resident yet. But as an exception, a lot of bank requires you to have an Italian ID to open a bank account. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not the rule, but definitely having a residenza can help. Mm -hmm. Additionally, if you are not eligible to become an Italian citizen, through your blood, of, through the Ure Sanguinis procedure, you can become Italian by residing for numbers of years in Italy, generally speaking, 10 years. So the time they start ticking in order to have the 10 years, generally speaking, to become an Italian, start ticking when you become a legal resident. So if you're planning in five, six, 10 years to become an Italian citizen, your permanent residency is a key to have the clock start ticking to get to that point. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful, Michele. And also, just for our audience who might be American, as an American, I can attest to the fact that we have nothing analogous to this in the U.S. If you want to apply for a driver's license to prove your residency, you bring a utility bill. If you want to prove that you've been living somewhere, maybe you show tax returns for that state or city if you file in the state or city. But in general, in the U.S., because we don't have the same concept of services being tied to where we live I mean, voting, you bring in a utility bill or proof of your address. We just, we don't have anything similar. And I think it's worth mentioning too that when people come to Italy in a visa status, this question of what kind of a lease do they need to have if they're not buying their own home? Because Italians are already registered mm -hmm. to that address for their Italian residenza. Mm -hmm. So they might be renting out an apartment in a, for tourists, but they're never going to actually release that address so that somebody else can use it to register their residence because there are too many benefits and requirements mm -hmm. tied up in that residenza for that Italian family. Residenza, in fact, it becomes relevant for two other things. When you buy a house, for instance, if you want to obtain a specific tax benefit and tax break, so where you're paying 2% instead of 9% of the cadastral value of the property, you are committed to set you up your residency in that place within 18 months. So within 18 months, that house must become your place of permanent residency. So again, once again, a residenza can become relevant in order, for instance, for people to buy a property. And it's a very misleading information, the fact that if I buy a property, I can immediately set up my residenza in the property because if you are a foreigner, first you need, again, to comply with the permit to stay, obtain a permit to stay, which is the actual card, not the visa. So obtain a permit to stay and then eventually submit the application to become a permanent resident. And only then the house that you purchase become your first house and you can enjoy this tax benefit. And this is just one of the cases. 
But if you are coming as a local applicant for your Italian citizenship, once again, in this case, we're talking about your sanguinis application, we need to be sure that the place that you choose for your domicile as the place that you are, you will be living in order to give jurisdiction to the local authorities for your citizenship application is a place where you can establish residency. A lot of Americans, a lot of people coming to Italy, rent apartments for even for up to one year with touristy contract. Mm-hmm. So contract yeah. for tourists, which are temporary contract that most of the time don't permit you to get residency. Especially in a city like Florence or Venice, where there are so many tourists. Why would a family give that benefit? I mean, they're trying to rent that for revenue for themselves. They don't want Absolutely. to release it. And they don't want to release the benefit of the first house. So you have a lot of people living in the city mm-hmm. as a resident, keeping the residents in the house and then renting it out of subleasing the property. Those properties are not suitable for becoming your residence because already someone else has the residence in that property. And that becomes very frustrating for mm-hmm. people that are coming. Sometimes they come to us with the entire set of documentation. Yeah. They find the perfect spot to rent. And then we lose weeks because we explain yeah. either to the landlord or to the client that they cannot establish a residence there and they have to find another place. You know, Michele, it makes me think of a client we had a while back and they were here trying to apply for something that required that they have residenza. But remember, they got a tourist apartment in a beautiful part of Florence and they had paid all this money for furniture and they loved the landlady but they didn't want to leave the apartment because they liked it too much, even though you told them that they needed to have a lease with a lawful ability to register for residence in that lease. They couldn't do that in that apartment, but they didn't want to leave the apartment, and they were blocked. And they're blocked because it was an apartment where, again, the owners of the apartment didn't let them establish residence because they were already them. Those Italian owners were registered to that address. Exactly. And that caused a lot of problems. So be sure is a big caveat, a big red flag that we are raising every time that we're talking with someone applying for citizenship locally. So by bringing all the documents to the comune where they will be filing for citizenship, be sure that the apartment that you're renting is suitable for allowing you to establish the residenza in that place. And when in doubt, ask your attorney. Please (laughs) take a look at this lease. It seems to be one of those little things that you don't think about. Again, I apply for elective residency. Why should I apply for a residenza? I get, I purchase a property. It's not enough to get residenza. So every now and then, once you put your foot on the Italian territory, you will hear so often people telling you, where do you have a residenza? Do you have a residenza? I said, but I have a visa. I have my permit to stay. It's a constant question. I can attest. Well, I think it was very important to clarify this aspect of this difference between elective residency and visa and permit to say, and the concept of permanent domicile slash residence that you establish in a, in a comune in a municipality. I agree. It's such a frequent question. So, Michele, walk me through it. What does the typical process for an elective residency visa application look like? The application covers, generally speaking, when people get in touch with us with the idea of coming to Italy, we always suggest them, if we know that they can rely on passive income, the possibility of applying for elective residency visa. We set up several meetings with the people because we need to have, as I said before, documents proving beyond reasonable doubt the origin of this money, that this money arriving on on a regular basis on the bank account. Depending on the consulate, there could be expectation to prove the origin of the money also from anti-money laundering regulation to be sure that obviously there are legal money arriving in the bank account of the client. And most importantly, we need to set up an appointment 
at some point with the Italian consulate in order to submit the document. So you cannot just walk in. Mm -hmm. And so that's when they should buy their plane ticket, right? One of the documents that need to be shown at the Italian consulate when you're applying for the permit for your elective residency visa is among the other documents also a flight ticket. So you need to have a flight ticket already in your hand at the time of submission of a documentation at the Italian consulate. But keep in mind that generally speaking, or let's say by law, the Italian consulates has several months to review your application. There are cases where they arrive to 90 days, so three months, four months in a few occasions. Statistically speaking, I have to say that within a month... Sorry, that the case is pending in the Italian consulate? Exactly. So from the time that you have submitted all the documentation and your passport, and I'm about to say why it's important to keep that into consideration, your passport will stay with the Italian consulate for two, three weeks, four weeks. It's very unpredictable, the amount of time. There are several months that the Italian consulate can take to review your documentation, especially when there's such delicate document, financial documentation. Generally speaking, I have to say for the cases that we handle in 30 to 45 days, in most of the cases, the Italian consulate grants you the visa and give you back the passport with the sticker of a visa on it. Keep in mind that given the timing that the consulates can take to review your application, you cannot rely on your ticket all the time to be sure that the visa will be granted by the time set in your ticket. So it's better if you have a ticket where you can change your departure time. You must be the one flexible enough to adapt to the timing of the consulate, not vice versa. So don't buy the cheapest ticket. (laughs) Make sure you can make changes to that ticket. So Michele, then from, let's say, from the point at which a person comes to you and says, let's have our first meeting about elective residency to when they land in Italy, how long can that take? It can be six months. The job that we take on our side, generally speaking, in less than a month, we have a very well set up application for elective residency visa. From that point on, you can set up an appointment with a consulate. You can start thinking of buying a ticket and you can think of landing in Italy four or five months later. Another important element that I haven't mentioned, but is equally important together with the resources that you're using to apply for this visa is the fact that you need to have already a suitable accommodation in Italy by the time that you submit the application to the Italian consulate. What does it mean? It means that together with the document that you're bringing, you have to show to the Italian consulate that you have a place where you will be able to stay during the time you will be in Italy. It cannot be a bed and breakfast, it cannot be Airbnb, it cannot be a hotel room, must be an actual place, either a rental agreement or a property that you already own. It can be a property that you're renting or where you have a friend or a fam- member of a family hosting you for free, but it requires a contract. A contract means that an actual rental agreement or an hospitality agreement must be registered with the Agenzia delle Entrate, with the revenue agency, and must show that we have an already a contract, not ongoing in the sense that you're already paying the rent, if you're renting it, but at least a deal with the landlord, according to which, starting from three, four months later, you will have an apartment to stay if the visa gets granted. Some people tell me about how can I rent an apartment without knowing if I will get a visa. It's part of the agreement that you can try to set up with the owner. Sometimes some owners are willing to take 
valuable clients that are willing to stay for one or more years in the apartment paying substantial money for the rent and therefore they're willing to say, well, just give me one month's deposit to keep the apartment busy or taken outside of the market while you're completing the process for the visa. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. Other people want to have a more substantial deposit because the apartments in Florence, in Italy in general, are very much wanted by people who want to stand extend amount of time. And it's very hard to keep an apartment busy without an actual deposit. So that's a little bit one of the problems that sometimes we're facing, but it's one of the problems that we are happy to help our clients to resolve. And most of the time we find a deal with owners of the apartment or the landlords to secure, keep the apartment on hold until the person has completed the visa application. Obviously, the other solution that a lot of our clients, we suggest to our clients is buy a property. If your intention is to retire, stay in Italy longer than 90 days, if coming to Italy is really your daydream or come as a tourist, you can do it. Look for the property you want, buy the property, and when you have completed the purchase, for sure we help them in the entire real estate process. Once you have secure the property for you, for your family, then apply for your elective residency visa and get ready to to start enjoying your life in Italy. The elective residency visa can be such a good tool for people who qualify. You know, and one thing I also think is funny, whenever we have clients who have substantial savings, but you're explaining to them with your legal expertise why that doesn't qualify for the elective residency visa. I want to say, can you go buy some property <laughs> in your home country and rent it out? out. We've all played Monopoly. Like, that's how it works. I don't know. But the concept of passive income is certainly one that we talk about a lot with these clients and also timing, just getting the timing right. You need to be ready to, again, not to think that because you have the money, you have a ticket, you are already ready to go. There are, again, the fact you need to have a suitable accommodation, a place where you have to stay putting together your financial statement, the last two years of tax return. There are a lot of paperwork on which we have to work together before being able to submit the application. And again, you can rely on the fact that the Italian consulates will grant you a visa just because you have a ticket set up two weeks later. That's not going to happen. Yeah, the consulate always has discretion. They have the right to decide. Wow. Well, we see so many people like that are facing problems like this. Anyway, thank you again, Monica, for your help. It's always great talking to you and sharing with our listener our daily crazy experience (laughs) that we're facing. with (laughs) Everything we see and hear. We see here and we try to offer definitely guidelines for people that are planning to move their life, business and family to Italy very soon. And we look forward to providing more information on our podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe and follow us on your social media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ciao. If you are ready to make your Italian dream come true, feel free to peruse the articles on Michele Capecchi's website, or you can contact him directly by visiting capecchilegal.com. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. You should always seek professional legal advice before taking actions based on the information provided. Stay tuned for more episodes and visit capecchilegal.com slash podcasts for the full list of episodes. Oh, 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 oh,